This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. It is August 17, 2023. Appreciate you taking a few minutes to spend some time with us this morning. Uh, we are back after our bit of a summer hiatus I uh, had a lot of traveling to do, a lot of uh, things going on, so we took some time off. But we are back, and uh, I am uh, thrilled to be here. And uh, we're going to have Dan Zampano coming up tomorrow morning to talk NFL football. It is that time of year already. Uh, a lot of things going on around the NFL, so we'll talk about all that with Dan tomorrow. But today, uh, I've got a little bit of a grab bag, a lot of baseball, of course, as we usually talk about uh, every summer. We're going to start the show, though. Uh, news came down last night. It hasn't been made official yet. Um, but Vlatko Andonovsky, the uh, women's national team uh, soccer coach, is going to be relieved of his duties. Now, they've said that he is going to resign, but it sounds to me it's one of those along the lines of uh, resign or we're going to fire you. Look, the women's national team, a very disappointing World Cup, no question. Uh, they had never finished worse than third. Uh, they barely made it into the knockout rounds with a, a – an unconvincing win over Vietnam and then a, a tie with Portugal um, and, and then another tie that finally gets them in. And uh, then they lose to Sweden uh, in a scoreless tie. And you, you probably saw that. The, it, it was on a video replay, and it looked like they gave up the winning goal by literally millimeters. So, uh, you know, but look, it, you know, uh, it wasn't just this World Cup, I think, that doomed him. It was the fact that uh, the women uh, only won a bronze medal at the Tokyo Olympics, you know, when he had uh, taken over the team. They had a lot of injuries this year. There's no question about that. They had a couple of uh, their core players that got injured and were not available for the World Cup, and uh, that certainly hurt. Uh, even one of their young players uh, – Katarina uh, Macario got hurt. She tore her ACL playing for her club team in Lyon. She wasn't ready to play. So they had, you know, some challenges. But one of the things that we saw this year in the World Cup, and I, did, I have to be honest, I didn't watch a ton of it because I'm not a huge soccer fan. I mean, I watched, one, I watched you know, some of the U.S. games, but didn't watch a lot of it. But one of the things that was evident was that there has become much more parity in women's soccer. The teams that were, you know, the top teams in Tokyo in the Olympics, Germany, Brazil, Canada, guess what? They all got knocked out. I mean, Australia made it to the Final Four. Nobody saw that coming. And there's going to be a, the final on Sunday is between England and Spain. And it's going to be a first-time winner for the Women's World Cup. So that's the kind of tournament that it was. 
Andonovsky, look, again, it, it wasn't just the World Cup. It was the Olympics. I mean, they had a great record while he was there. Let's be honest. I mean, they were 51-5-9 during his time with the team. But in major tournaments, three wins, two losses, and five ties. And with the expectations of uh, the women's soccer team here in the United States, it's simply not good enough. It's simply not good enough. And, and uh, you know, and, and in this day and age, there is very little patience with anybody in any sport. Any sport. I mean, look, the fact that we haven't seen more managers fired this year in Major League Baseball has surprised me. I thoroughly expected Buck Showalter to get fired with the way the Mets played this year. And after spending $350 million and then having to have a fire sale at the end of the season, I'm shocked he still has a job. I have to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that the manager in San Diego still got a job. You know, as as they spent all this money and they've been disappointing. I, you know, and a lot of Yankee fans are probably surprised that Aaron Boone still has a job. They're under 500 after yesterday. We'll talk about that a bit more in a minute. But uh, but there's no patience now. So the fact that Andonovsky is, is gone is not a surprise. Now, look, they're going to have to do this quickly. They have um, a couple of friendlies coming up. In September with South Africa in, uh, I think, on the 21st and 24th of September. So they have essentially a month to get themselves a new coach. And, by the way, they've already qualified for the 2024 Olympics in France. So they've got to get somebody in place, and they've got to get them in place now. And, look, this is a very young team. A lot of the older players are gone. And uh, I, I'm sure I'm going to be uh, get some kind of label from somebody that listens to this, but I am so glad Megan Rapino is gone, I can't even begin to tell you how happy I am she's gone. I am thrilled. She's been more of a distraction than a great player for the U.S. team, in my opinion, in the last eight years. I don't care what she's done on the field. Can't wait till she's gone. Um. But having said that, there are a lot of players to root for on this team. And, look, they had, I think, 12 first-time players this year. They had never even played 14 uh, for the first World Cup, and 12 of them have never even played in any kind of a major tournament. So this was – there was no question that they had their work cut out for them. And with the other injuries they had coming up, they just uh, – you know, and the way that the, uh, the things have evened out in women's soccer – and, it's, and then look, that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's a great thing. You know, it costs Antonovsky his job, but parity is good. It's just like in women's basketball in the NCAA, you know, where you used to have like four, five, six teams that dominated and nobody else had a chance. It's not that way anymore. And that's a good thing, you know, where on any given night, you know, a team, any team in the top 25 can beat anybody else. In the, in the top five or ten. And it's great. It never used to be that way. You'd see a team ranked 20th go up to play the number one or number two team, and they would get drilled by 40. And it's good that it's changed. So it's a good thing for women's soccer overall. Again, unfortunate for him, but uh, it, we'll see what the U.S. decides to do from there. The other big story that has unfolded in the last couple of days, and to say that this is a disheartening Story is probably an understatement. Where Michael Ower, who, uh, of course, was the the subject of the movie uh, 
the blind side where, you know, the, the story of him being adopted by this family and, uh, you know, and going on to play college football and playing in the NFL and yada, was, was a heartwarming story. It got Sandra Bullock an Oscar. Um, and it was just, it was just something that made you feel good. And now Michael Ower is suing the Tui family who were his – and you can't even say adopted because the problem is, is he says that just recently, it was just like in March, he said that he discovered that he hadn't been adopted at all, that this was just a conservatorship. And so now he is suing the Tui family – um, looking for all kinds of money, the saying that they've made millions from, uh, uh, you know, the, the movie The Blind Side and yada yada. And here's the thing: the Tui family is loaded, and it has nothing to do with Michael Ower. You know, uh, the the husband owned a restaurant business. A, a, a corporation that he just sold for $220 million. They're not hurting for money. And they say they have all the bookkeeping. And, you know, that, that when, you know, from the blind side, they got a small amount of money, like a tiny percentage of the net profits, and uh, they got like some kind of a an advance. And, and it worked out to be about $100,000. He received 100000 apiece. And the couple even said they paid the taxes on Ower's portion of it for him. And for Michael Ower to come out and say that he didn't realize that he hadn't been adopted until just this past March seems like it's a load of crap because in one of his books, in his first book called uh, I Beat the Odds, he mentioned the two he's being conservators for him three times in the book. This sound, and, I, and I hate to say this, and I hope it's not true, but it sounds like a flat-out money grab. I mean, one of the lawyers for the Tuies on Tuesday said before they filed it, he, he uh, threatened a negative news story about the Tuies unless they paid him $15 million. It sounds to me like Michael Ower is broke and that, uh, that this was a way for him to cash in. I hope it's not true. But when you hear the Tui side of the story and they say they have all the documentation, it sounds to me like it's not going to go well for Michael Orr. Matter of fact, they said at some point they got money from for the blind side the, the, for the profits. And they say they have all the checks and uh, the studio accounting statements. They had checks to Michael Ower, and he refused to cash them, according to the, the, the lawyer's statement, and that the two he's deposited Ower's share into a trust account. So I'm not sure, you know, who's this is a he said, they said, but it sure sounds like on the face of it, that this is a flat-out money grab by Michael Ower. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. And, you know, maybe there's more to this than is coming out because obviously both sides are going to try to present 
their side of the story. But unfortunately, the, right now, what's coming out is the Tui side of the, of the story, and it doesn't look good for Michael Orr. I, I, but I, 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 and, and look, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it sounds like they did try to take care of this young man through the conservatorship and get him into college. And, you know, he says, well, I was an All-American player before them. I didn't really need them. And that sounds like sour grapes to me. You know what I mean? It, it just does. It sounds it just doesn't sound right. You know, and you got all these trolls on social media. How about how about please explain this to me? This is between Michael Ower a professional football player, and the Tui family who took care of him. And somehow Sandra Bullock, because she was in the in the movie, is getting pulled into this by trolls on, on social media. What the hell is the matter with people? What does Sandra Bullock have to do with this other than the fact that she was in the movie? She's an actress. Jesus. But anyway, it's just a sad story, and I hope it's, I hope it's you know, they they find a way to work this out because this is this is it sounds it's kind of gross and it doesn't look it doesn't look or sound good for Michael Ower but uh, we'll see. Um, the other big story this week it actually came out over the weekend uh, involved Wander Franco, the young shortstop for the Tampa Bay Rays where all of a sudden some things came out on social media where it appeared that pointed to the fact that he had a relationship with a minor. And supposedly this began when this minor, who was 17 now, was 14 at the time. And and then something came out that there was a, another young lady that was going to uh, be involved as well, uh, possibly, uh, but now she has stopped cooperating. And, you know, again, I mean, he's now been suspended by MLB, put on the restricted list. Now, the Rays are continuing to pay him, even though technically they don't have to because he's on the suspended list. You know, and... Franco, right after this happened, he posted a video from the Rays clubhouse on Instagram on Sunday morning. He doesn't go into a lot of detail, but he basically says it's not true. And he he does it in Spanish, and what it said in Spanish was, they say that I'm in public with a little girl, that I'm running around with a minor. People don't know what to do with their time. They don't know what they're talking about. That's why I prefer to be on my side, not get involved with anybody, because people gossip and talk smack. Again, no details, but basically what he's saying is people need to mind their own business, and they don't know, they have no idea what they're talking about. This, look, this could turn out to be something completely innocent. We don't know. Maybe she's a friend of the family. You know, who knows? But it is being investigated by uh, prosecutors or by uh, by. Uh, an agency in the Dominican Republic. The It's called the National Agency for Boys, Girls, Adolescents, and Family and Gender Violence Unit. And uh, the prosecutor in the Dominican Republic says it's in the early stages. There's going to be a judge overseeing it who is a specialist on child abuse cases. 
But we don't know the facts. And Major League Baseball is doing its own investigation, and he has been suspended in the meantime, which is the smart thing to do. But until we know for sure what's going on, you know, let's let's hang on. I mean, I was on uh, Reddit the other day, and uh, you know, they started talking about, well, you know, well, this is terrible, and you know, but but and who's the you know who's the biggest scumbag in the history of uh, Major League Baseball? And there were a bunch of names thrown out, people that had been accused or convicted of murder, of uh, you know of being involved with minors or, uh, you know, rape and all different kinds of things, and they were throwing Wander Franco into that basket. Let's just slow our roll until we get the facts. That's part of the problem with social media is that we have guilty until proven innocent That because that's, that's the way the court of public opinion works. You know, and by the you know, I mean, look, one of the big problems we have in society today is we have all these kids that have, you know, like uh, anxiety issues. And, you know, you wonder why. Well, when you read the stuff on social media and the way people bully everybody and the way people rush to judgment and all, I mean, it's just it's a cesspool. I've said several times the only reason I'm on Twitter which now call X. That's a whole other story. Elon Musk is an idiot. But anyway, the only reason I'm even on Twitter slash X is because I need to publish. I need to, to, to promote the show. I need to promote the station. I do the same thing on Facebook, although Facebook is a little less offensive, although not by a lot. You know, and occasionally I'm on Instagram, but I try to stay away from that. I, you know, but you have to. It's the way to reach people. The problem is, is that there's so much out there that's negative and that's judgmental. And I don't, you know, look, I'm not, you know, I am not a a Bible thumper, but, you know, in the Bible it says, you know, you who are without sin cast the first stone. None of us are perfect. And the optics on this Wander Franco thing, look, look, they don't look good. There's no question about that. There's, there's questions there. And the questions have to be asked. But let's wait until the investigation happens. This could turn out to be nothing. And I hope, for Wander Franco's sake, that it is. That it is nothing about like what people are, are, are trying to portray it as. Now, if it is, whole other story, throw them under the bus. Let's get the facts before we go crazy. You know, it's like the Michael Ower thing. Let's get the facts. Let's find out. If the Tuies really have all this paperwork that they say they have that proves everything, then, then you know, this. then it becomes an obvious money grab. But let's get the facts. I hope it's not. I hope Wanda Franco didn't do, uh, isn't involved with a, with a minor. I hope. I, I really do. But let's just calm down until we, until we get the facts behind everything, please. That'd be nice. For once. Just for the hell of it. <laughs> uh, it's 25 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 28 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. A beautiful day here in western North Carolina going up uh, into the uh, upper 80s this afternoon. Now, the only downside of that is uh, I, I just was up in uh, Connecticut for a couple of days, came back, and I walk into my house. It's 80 degrees in here. I went, uh-oh. 
And my air conditioner has decided in the uh, house to die. Uh, had the repairman here. It's going to take a week to get the part. So we are without air conditioning. That's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, just trying to keep things closed up as best we can. We open everything up at night when it's cool outside and try to cool the house off. But it is... Uh, it's going to be a rough few, few more days until they uh, they get that repaired. So uh, we'll try not to uh, – hopefully the, the equipment won't overheat. But uh, so far, so good. Um, Red Sox last night. The uh, Red Sox did a great job. Look, they uh, they ran into a, a bit of a, uh, a buzzsaw last night in that Mackenzie Gore got the start for Washington, and he was really, really good. And had to leave the game – after six and a third innings, um, after uh, he threw a pitch uh, to Trevor Story that went all the way uh, to the backstop, and uh, he had thrown 85 pitches, and he hurt his finger, his middle finger, and had to leave the game. He cracked a fingernail and had a blister on that middle finger. So he leaves the game. Red Sox take advantage uh, in the eighth inning when uh, Jordan Weems came on Got out of the uh, seventh inning, got a double play ball, gets out of the seventh inning. So Gray goes six and a third, gives up just one hit, struck out seven, walked two. was, I mean, phenomenal. So then in the eighth inning, Boston, you know, they leave Weems in. And uh, Pablo Reyes does it again, a two-run bomb. And he ties the game up at two apiece going into the eighth inning. So if you're the Red Sox, you're feeling pretty good about yourself, right? I mean, and look, Pablo Reyes has been absolutely ridiculous. This is a guy that wasn't even playing full-time for the Oakland Athletics AAA team. Seriously. He was with AAA Oakland not even playing all the time. Since he's come to Boston, he's played in 41 games. He's hitting 321 in 106 at-bats. Seven though he had a grand slam home run to win a game last week. I mean, this guy's been ridiculous. Um, so he ties it up, and you're feeling pretty good if you're a Red Sox fan because now Garrett Whitlock, who's off the, the injured list, is coming out. He pitched a couple of innings two days ago, was great. Well, he ends up giving up uh, two bombs in the eighth inning. Three hits, four runs, and the three of the three hits, two of them left the ballpark. Uh, Kiebert Ruiz with a three-run shot. He walks the first guy he faces, then he hits a guy, and then Ruiz hits a bomb. Right after that, Stone Garrett hits a bomb. His second of the game, by the way. The Washington Nationals came in having the second-fewest home runs in Major League Baseball. They hit four last night. Michael Chavis, former Red Sox player, hit one off of Paxton. And uh, then he gives up another one to Garrett. So he gives up two bombs of the five hits that he gives up. And then Whitlock gives up two more. So this uh, light-hitting Nationals team with four home runs last night. But look, having said that, this Nationals team is 20-13 and 13 since July 8th. So in the last, you know, five weeks, they're 20-13. and 13. They've won 13 of their last 16 games at home. So this Nationals team is rebuilding, but they're not as bad as they were early in the season. Look, they're still look, they're 13 games under 500. Let's not get carried away, right? But they are playing much better. These younger kids are getting more and more experience. 
And uh, they're in a tough division. There's no question about that. Even next year, trying to compete with the Mets and the Phillies and the Braves, not going to be easy. But this team isn't isn't much of a pushover uh, as they used to be. But that's disappointing for the Red Sox last night. No question about it. Uh, you thought you, you know you had a chance with the Nationals. They need to sweep the Nationals, in my opinion. Because, look, after that, they have to go play the Yankees. And I know the Yankees right now are under five hundred, But they're still the Yankees. And the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry just throw out the records. It doesn't matter. They hate each other. Well, not as much as they used to. But, you know, it's, it's not going to be – that's not going to be a wash, walk in the park. And then after that, they have like seven games coming up with Houston – They've got to play the Baltimore Orioles. They've got to play the Los Angeles Dodgers twice. Look, they have the Red Sox have the toughest schedule of any of the contending playoff teams. The Red Sox now have the toughest schedule in baseball between now and the end of the season. So, you know, and there's still three games out of the wild card. And they're not, they have their hands full. The good news is they now have a pitching staff. Uh, Tanner Houck made his third rehab start yesterday for Worcester, and he is going to be coming back to the Red Sox rotation. As long as there isn't some kind of a physical setback, he's going to start against Houston on Monday. Uh He threw four shutout innings with Worcester, gave up just one hit, struck out four, didn't walk anybody. 59 pitches, he got 36 of them for strikes. Uh, He looked good. So now they're going to have him back. They've got Whitlock back, but they've decided to put him into the bullpen, at least for now. They've got Pavetta back in the rotation, and Pavetta was better out of the bullpen, but he still can go out and give you four or five innings. But now you've got, and they've got Chris Sale pitching together, a matinee to finish up the series with the Nationals today. That is a must win. You have to win the series at least, right? you got to win two out of three. So today's a must win. They've got Chris Sale on the mound today. He's going to go around 75 pitches. He threw 58 um, last Friday. Looked good. I mean, his first four innings were spotless. He ends up giving a couple of runs. He got into some trouble. They take him out, and the bullpen couldn't hold it. But uh, he looked pretty good. So now you've got Sale back today. You've got Bayo. You got Paxton. You've got Cutter Crawford, who you had all year. You got Tanner Houck coming back. They may put Pavetta back into the bullpen with all those guys there. We'll have to see how it goes. But now you at least have a pitching staff, and we're not going to have two opener games a week, which is what was happening. They essentially had three starters, and you know th- this whole opener thing was, was a disaster. And I know that, you know, look, Alex Cora did the best he could to try to make things work, but it's never good when you only have three healthy starting pitchers. So the fact that they've got all their pitching back at least gives you some hope despite how difficult the schedule is going to be. But they have to get the win today, and then they play the Yankees on the weekend. You have to win the series against the Yankees on the weekend. You can't worry about sweeps at this point, but you – I mean, they'd be nice – but you have got to win two out of three in every series from here on out to give yourself a chance. So the Sox are currently 50, uh, 63 and 57. They're three games back of Toronto, who holds the final wild card spot right now. And they are two back of Seattle. So they have to jump the Mariners before they can even worry about Toronto. 
Now, they've got some games coming up against the Blue Jays yet, but, you know, they need to continue to win series, and it's not going to be easy. With Houston and the Dodgers and the Orioles coming, it's not going to be easy. Um, they had a chance to gain some ground last night with the Blue Jays but because the, the Blue Jays got roughed up by the Phillies yesterday. Uh, Bryce Harper, a couple of home runs for the Phillies in that game, his first multi-home run game of the season. Uh, I think it was his eighth and ninth of the year. Um, you know, he's still not going to play the outfield. He's He's been DHing because he's had some back issues, but he's going to be starting to play first base. Uh, you know, look, the Phillies still have an outside chance to make the playoffs as well. And uh, they end up winning the series against the Blue Jays. Aaron Nola, five innings last night. So there was a Sox chance to to get within two of the Blue Jays, but they couldn't take advantage of it. Uh, and now the Blue Jays uh, will have a day off today, and then they go to Cincinnati for a three-game series over the weekend. Cincinnati is a team that was hot early. Uh, they have obviously since faded quite a bit, um, but they're still over five they They're a team right now that is involved in the wild-card hunt, so they are going to be hungry. So, uh, you know, the Sox still have opportunities, but, again, you have to continue to win series. But the other team, they got to jump first, Seattle Mariners. The Mariners were in trouble last night, but they end up uh, – uh, getting a, a tie-breaking sacrifice fly in the eighth inning, and they end up beating the Kansas City Royals 6-5 to last night. Luis Castillo has been really, really good this year. I mean, the record doesn't necessarily show it. He is 9-7 and uh, for the Mariners, but uh, uh, hung in there through seven innings last night, 99 pitches, ERA 3.24. He is having a nice year. Uh, Brash picks up his third save of the season. Look, these Royals uh, have been scrappy. You know, the Red Sox saw that. You know, they're, they're not uh, just going to roll over and die anymore either. Uh, but uh, the uh, Red Sox would be very happy if the Royals could do them a solid today. That's a finished a four-game series this afternoon. Uh, George Kirby, who is 10-8 with a 3-3-2, will take the mound uh, for Seattle. Unfortunately for, for the Red Sox, uh, Kansas City's starting pitcher is uh, Angel Zarpa, who is coming out with a 1-1 record and an ERA of almost 8 uh, so uh, it might be a little difficult to uh, to expect help today, but the Red Sox are going to need help. That's what they have to do. Uh, win series and pray. That's pretty much what it's what it's down to now for Boston is, you know, because they can win two out of three, but if Seattle does the same thing and Toronto does the same thing, the Red Sox are uh, in trouble. After last night's loss, uh, I think uh, Fangraphs has the Red Sox chances of making the playoffs at 11%. So, uh, not great. And, and look, I, I'm of a mind. There's, there's, well, there's a part of me that says, eh, is it better to make the playoffs or would it be better to not make the playoffs and you know so worry about next year? Because if you make the playoffs, do you really think you have a chance to make the World Series? And I honestly, if you put a gun to my head, I don't think the Red Sox have a chance to make the World Series. Would I like to see them get in the playoffs? Yeah, I have to admit I would. And, you know, maybe they, they win a, a wild card series and, and get to the, uh, uh, the ALDS. But I don't think they've got the horses. I just don't. You know, now if Sale is one hundred, if if Sale by the end of the season is a full go and he can throw hundred pitches, and they've got Paxton that can throw hundred pitches, and Bayo can throw hundred pitches, 
you know, I, I guess you'd have to say they have a chance. I just don't know if they have enough. And the Red Sox are one of the highest scoring teams in Major League Baseball. But the the thing to me, it's 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 hard for me to even reconcile that with the way in the last few weeks I've watched so many Red Sox games where they have struggled to score runs. Last night was a perfect example. When they face quality pitching, they struggle. So I worry that, you know, people say, well, you know, they, they, they hit for average and they can score runs and they get walks. And, yeah, they do, but there are times – where they are exposed. And so I'm not sure that they have enough bats to get through. Trevor Story coming back is good. Getting uh, Adam Duvall back and, and getting him in a groove is good. I just don't know if they have enough, and maybe it would be better to just call it a call it a season. Now, they're never going to do that because the idea for every team is to make the playoffs. But I just don't think the Red Sox are going very far, even if they do. This will be a situation like a couple of years ago where they got in, they win the first series, and then they, they get blown out in the ALDS. I could see that happening again. Uh, I mentioned the Yankees being under 500. Why? Well, that's because they swept, got swept, I should say, by the Atlanta Braves. Uh, they get shut out in back-to-back games by the Braves. They lose last night 2 nothing after losing the previous night 5 nothing. Charlie Morton last night, uh, Connecticut product, well, he's from New Jersey originally, but he went to high school, Joe Barlow High School in Reading. Uh, six innings, ten strikeouts. Eddie Rosario with a two-run home run, and that's all they needed. And uh, they sweep the three-game series. The Yankees are below 500 for the first time this year. They were outscored uh, in a five-game. They're in the middle of a five-game losing streak where they've been outscored 18-3. to uh, The last time that the Yankees had a losing record with at least 120 games into the season, was in 1995. It's been 28 years since the Yankees have been under 500 this late in the season. Uh, that's crazy. You know, uh, this is the first losing record they've had at any point since they were 13 and 14 back in 2021. They haven't missed the playoffs since 2016. But they are six and a half back of the last wild card spot, and three teams to jump over to get in there. You know, and Aaron Boone's not throwing up the white flag. He said, "Look, you know, we've seen plenty of examples of teams going on unlikely runs, but with everything going on with this Yankee team and their inability to hit, this Yankee team is hitting just two thirty-two on the season. Two thirty-two. The only team that is worse, the Oakland Athletics at 222. That's it. So, and, and look, we know that, you know, they've got some guys that just aren't carrying the weight. John Carlos Stanton, they've got a lot of money on the books to him for a long time, and he's a shadow of his former self. And Aaron Judge's inability to stay healthy this year really hurt them. But their pitching staff just continues to let them down, and and uh, with guys getting hurt, and uh, you know, uh, now they have uh, uh, one with uh, you know that had to get checked into rehab. I mean, it's just been one thing after another. So I mean, last night they basically it was a bullpen game. Now they did a great job of hanging in there, but uh, this Atlanta Braves team is an absolute juggernaut. They are. 
uh, what, 76, no, 78 and 42. And they have four shutouts in their last seven games. I don't know who the hell's beating them. I really don't. Uh, Yankees are off today. And, of course, then they have the uh, the three-game series against the Red Sox this weekend. The Braves also off today. Uh, they have a series against the San Francisco Giants coming up on Friday night. And Spencer Strider, who's been great, 13 wins this season, uh, will take the mound for the Braves uh, coming up on Friday. It is 45 minutes past the hour. We're going to take another break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 46 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Thursday morning. A few minutes left before we get out of here for the day. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays win last night. They beat the Giants 6-1. to In that game, uh, Luke Rayleigh, a pinch hit inside the park home run. How about that? Uh, and it was in Oracle Park, and they, they've got that triples alley, that uh, – that uh, triangle kind of out where the uh, center field and right field uh, walls meet. I mean, that is a <laughs> that is Death Valley out there. Uh, and uh, Rayleigh with the pinch hit home uh, inside the Parker, first one in uh, franchise history. Aaron Savali, the kid from East Windsor, Connecticut, uh, who was traded from the Guardians to Tampa Bay. Six shutout innings last night, his best performance uh, perhaps of the season has certainly his best one since coming over to Tampa uh, picks up the win his sixth of the year Walker takes the loss the opener uh, pitched just one inning uh, Ross Stripling came out of the bullpen and just couldn't hold it gave up 11 hits and five runs in six innings uh, look this Rays team uh, is still really really good I mean we can't you know uh, there's only two games back of the Baltimore Orioles in the American League East so but you have to wonder if Wander Franco, you know, if this this thing, uh, this suspension for him drags out for the rest of the season, that's a big loss for them. I know they won last night, and, and they're still playing fairly well. Uh, they, they've won 6 of 10. But you have to wonder how that's going to affect them. Then you put in the fact that their best pitcher, Shane McClanahan, is undergoing Tommy John surgery. So you've lost your best pitcher, uh, and perhaps your best player, and is that going to catch up to the Rays? I don't think it, it may catch up to them. It's not going to knock them out of the playoffs because they're they're in a uh, position right now where you know they've got a three game lead, no, a, a four and a half game lead over Toronto, who has the final wild card spot. No, it's even bigger than that. I ch- I checked that. It's seven and a half games, and then Houston still uh, is three games back of them, so they're still in pretty good playoff position. They would have to totally collapse, and I don't think they'll do that because they just have uh, too many good players. I mean, uh, you know, Randy Rosarena uh, and Ramirez and and Lau, uh, they're not going to let this team completely fall apart. But you do have to wonder if it won't catch up to them. We may not see the result of that until the playoffs come. And I'm not rooting for that, and, and I hope Wander Franco is back sooner rather than later, but these are the kinds of things that happens with, with injuries, and I mean, you don't expect the suspension. You do expect injuries. Uh, but this Rays team, it just it, – uh, Kevin Cash may be – he may be 
and I don't want to go crazy and you know go with hyperbole here, but he may be one of the best managers that I have ever seen. And I've seen I'm 63 years old. I've watched a lot of baseball. But what this guy is able to do and the way he is able to piece together lineups and and rotations with what they give him and the fact that these players continue to improve while they are members of the team. Look, Kevin Cash doesn't have a say in who they in, in who they they sign. Right, that's the front office does all that work. Who they trade for, you know, the the draft. I mean, he'll he, he'll have some input, obviously, but that's the front office, and this is what the front office says. Here you go. Here's a here's a a basket of stuff, and now we want you to make this work, and he does, and he and his coaching staff make this team better. I honestly, I I am. I mean, look. I think Alex Cora has done a great job with Boston, uh, you know, and obviously coming in there and uh, winning a world championship and some of the stuff that he's done. And obviously John Farrell, I saw, I, you know, you can go back as far as you want, you know, uh, uh, with, you know, Tommy Lasorda all the way back, you know, and, and Jim Leland and, and, you know, people love Buck Showalter and, you know, supposedly, you know, a, a baseball genius, yada, yada. I'm telling you. I I can't think of anybody that's that I have seen that is better than what Kevin Cash has done. I think Kevin Cash can you imagine how good he could be if he actually was on a team that spent money? It's just amazing to me what he have, has been able to do. And and so the loss of McClanahan is certainly going to hurt. Wander Franco's loss certainly going to hurt. Uh, but I don't think it's going to cost them the playoff spot. It, but it might catch up to them come playoff time. We'll see. Because obviously having your ace not available and having your most athletic best player, you know, and I guess we can argue whether Wander Franco or Randy Rosarena is their best player. But regardless, having a guy with that kind of talent not available could hurt. Now, you know, hopefully he's back. But the way – the justice system works and the way that MLB works with their investigations, I wouldn't bet on him being back too quickly. Uh, other games last night, the Orioles lose. Uh, the Padres beat them 5-2. Blake Snell continues to pitch very well, former uh, Tampa Bay Ray. And I'll tell you what, i I got to be honest. I thought Blake Snell might be at the end. Um. I really did. Back in uh, 2021, and he was just absolutely horrid, you know, and there's been times that I just thought that this guy might be cooked. Well, last year, he turned things around, got his ERA back down, his, his walks and hits to innings pitch was way down. This year, He's been unbelievable. His ERA now 2.65, picks up his 10th win of the season last night, and if it weren't for his team underperforming, he he might have, you know, 13, 14 wins this year. He's only given up 94 hits in 136 innings. I mean, if there's any downside to Blake Snell, he does walk too many guys. He's walked 78 guys uh, in 136 innings. That's way too many. But he struck out 176. He's been great, and he was great again last night. 
Uh, the only big mistake he made last night, Ryan Mountcastle uh, with a uh, home run with one out in the sixth inning. And made it a 3-2 game at the time. But other than that, he's been he's been dynamite. And then the bullpen comes on and, and does what they do, and Josh Hader picks up his 27th save, and uh, the Orioles lose 5-2. to two. Uh, So Tampa now is uh, within two games. Orioles in a bit of a tailspin. I, you know, we don't want to go crazy, but they've lost two in a row. They're playing 500 ball over the last 10. Uh, so they're taking on water a little bit. Uh, the Texas Rangers saw their lead in the AL West shrink. Uh, they lose to the Angels last night. Shohei Otani, his 42nd home run of the season, and they beat the Rangers 2-0. Uh, but the story of the game last night, Reed Detmers, uh, took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. Uh, he ends. They end up taking him out. He gives up a hit uh, in the eighth, and uh, then they, they took him out after that, which you would understand. Uh, he had thrown o- over 100 pitches, and uh, this is a kid that threw a, a no-hitter as a rookie, and uh, he was good. He was really good last night, but uh, uh, Otani is – look, I've completely come around on Otani. I was like, you know, with people with the Babe Ruth comparisons, I was like, calm down. Look, you know what? He's <laughs> – and, and, again, it's hard to compare errors, but he's doing things no one has ever done. Like, you know, it, it, no, Babe Ruth didn't hit and pitch in the same season, and Otani's just been great. And and the and the, the thing he has over Babe Ruth is Otani has speed as well. I mean, you know, he's just – last night he hits the bomb. He also has two infield singles. That's, you know, somebody that doesn't have his speed isn't beating those out. Uh, he had a 437-foot home run off John Gray last night. Just, he's just just continues to amaze. He will be the MVP this year, and God, he may be the MVP for years to come. Uh, Angels are off today. Uh, they get to play uh, Tampa Bay this weekend, so that'll be interesting. Otani will pitch in that series this weekend. Uh, the Rangers uh, will be playing against Milwaukee. Andrew Heaney is going to get the start uh, on Friday after their off day today. Uh, it did tighten up because the Houston Astros win last night. They absolutely drilled the Marlins last night, 12-5, despite the fact that Justin Verlander stunk. Uh, you know, a lot of people made a lot of noise about him moving from the Mets to Houston, how he's going to be, you know, he's back home and everything. Look, uh, since he's rejoined the Houston Astros, he's made three starts, and he's thrown 18 innings. He's given up 22 hits. He's got an ERA of four and a half since coming back to Houston. Folks, you know, this ain't the same Justin Verlander. He struck out 13 in 18 innings. This guy is not – this guy's – look, is he still better than a lot of the pitchers in Major League Baseball? Yeah, but this ain't the same Justin Verlander, and, and I, you know, I'm not sure he's going to be a difference maker for Houston, but fortunately for him, he got 12 runs to work with uh, last night. The Astros' next series against the Seattle Mariners. Uh, it is a three-game set that uh, starts – on Friday. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Calls. They said Dan Zampano going to join us tomorrow to talk NFL football. Can't wait to get back uh, to our weekly chats with my buddy Dan. Uh, it's uh, Belinda Carlisle's birthday today. It's her 65th birthday, so normally we play a song by somebody whose birthday it is. Uh, but uh, I just want to recognize the birthday. But we're on our way out today, we are going to play a song. Uh, we missed uh, uh, a chance to talk about the passing of one of the greatest vocalists in the history of vocalists. Uh, even Frank Sinatra said that Tony Bennett was better than he was. And there's no doubt. And Tony Bennett passed away 
um, uh, a few weeks ago at the age of 97. A great, great performer, a great gentleman, also an artist, uh, like literally painting. I mean, just a... Just a, a great, great performer. So uh, in honor of the passing of the late, great Tony Bennett, here's a little stepping out. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.